This is a True Foundations podcast. Real time, real life, real answers. Well, in Matthew chapter 10, I'm just going to read a few verses here, but it's part of a section when Jesus sent the 12 disciples out on a mission to declare the kingdom. Uh, and they were to go, they were to heal the sick. They were to go, they were to uh, cast the demons out. They were to go around to different towns and cities. And they were told that in some places they wouldn't be welcome. Don't stay there. Go where you're welcomed. Uh, and there's some very specific things that were for them in their day, in their mission. They were to stay in the area of, of the land of Israel for that season uh, until later on. Uh, and Jesus had something else to say to them. And we need to listen to this because... This is really important to us. There are wider principles that, that apply, uh, and we need to take hold of that, learn from what Jesus said to them, but then see how can we, how can we grasp this for us where we are today. That's what we're thinking about. So let me read to you from verse 16. Look, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore be as shrewd as serpents and harmless as doves, because people will hand you over to Sanhedrins and flog you in their synagogues. Beware of them. You will even be brought before governors and kings because of me to bear witness to them and to the nations. He was speaking for them in the now, but he was looking at the future of where they would go and what would happen to them. It's not to say that's going to happen to us, but the principle we need to think about this is what I want to think about this morning. We need to put our thoughts here. But when they hand you over, don't worry about how or what you should speak. For you will be given what to say at that hour. Because you are not speaking, but the spirit of your father is speaking through you. So those are encouraging words, aren't they? But let's just remind ourselves for a, for a couple of minutes on where we are at. And we've been looking at Isaiah 58. And this is what it said there. Just a couple of verses. Verse 11. The Lord will always lead you, satisfy you in a parched land, strengthen your bones. You will be like a watered garden, like a spring whose waters never run dry. Some of you will rebuild the ancient ruins. You will restore the foundations laid long ago. You will be called the repairer of broken walls, the restorer of streets where people live. So we looked at that. But what this does for us, that was the Old Testament, but it carries forward. What it does for us is this. It creates an environment in which these disciples could take the message of the gospel and declare it out there because they had an end in mind they had an end in mind for those people that would hear the gospel and receive it they knew there'd be opposition there's always opposition but they had in mind that God would do a great work in these people's lives and the environment was to grow because the church is not established yet. But the environment of the church, it was like this in the early church. It was a place where all of those folks are coming from much oppression often, coming with all their pagan background, all their brokenness, all their deep needs 
rich and poor coming and finding relief, more than relief, salvation and restoration and belonging to a community of the people of God, streets with dwellings. And that is the desire that Jesus was explaining to these people. Now, here's the reality of it. And when Jesus was speaking to them, he, he was not uh, whipping up some kind of fearfulness. It doesn't sound very encouraging, does it? I'm sending you out like sheep amongst wolves. It's just reality. And if we are to be God's people, and if we are to accomplish what God has for us to do, if we are to be like that and to do well with it, we have to be real. There's no use pretending. Uh, it, it, it's foolish to make all kinds of declarations about people out there that everybody's going to get saved, everybody's going to be saved. It's not going to happen. Most people are not wolves. Most people out there that we meet, they're not wolves. They're just kind of ordinary people. Some of them are really decent people, moral people. Some of them are messed up. They're not wolves. They're not against us. In fact, sometimes when you share the gospel with people, they respect it. It's just that they don't choose it. But the reality is there are wolves out there. How we got to know that? Uh, we've got to recognize what it is we're dealing with. Because the gospel is not just words, opinions, a philosophy of life, some kind of belief regarding the future. It's the power of God to bring people into the freedom, the full freedom of the gospel of Jesus Christ, salvation and everything that that means. So when we go out there and we declare the gospel, we're not just talking to people to do them a good turn, uh, to get the building full, uh, to say a nice thing. We're actually in a power encounter with that evil world that stands behind all the wickedness that there could ever be. That's what we're doing if we are sent to do it. And actually, at some level, uh, and to some degree, all of God's people are sent to do it. It's just that some have a particular gifting given by God himself in order that it makes it wider uh, and more effective in a wider circle. But each and every one of us are actually called to declare the gospel wherever God sends us. And for most people, it's daily life. It's whatever happens in that. So Jesus is telling them, he's giving them some advice here. It's more than advice. It's an instruction, really. But know what it is that you're facing. Don't be naive. There is opposition, and it's real. And that means different things to different people, in different places, at different times. And sometimes it's out-and-out out persecution. At other times, well, what are we seeing in our society? We're not seeing support of Christians and a Christian belief system and values, are we? This is throughout the Western world. In this last short time in history, there is resistance, opposition to things that are good. Things that are good are told as that they're evil now. Things that are evil are smiled upon. That's a battle. It's a power encounter that somehow by the grace of God, 
we have to address and learn how to address it properly and not be overcome by it, but overcome it through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so he says, don't be naive, be informed, but be wise. There's no great benefit in going out deliberately antagonizing people. Now, sometimes you've got to say it as it is in certain situations, but you need wisdom for that. There's nothing to be gained by deliberately stirring the pot. Sometimes God calls an individual to go and address a particular situation, and it's tough and it's costly, and it is confrontational. But you have to be wise. And your desire is to be... You've got to be helpful. Your desire is... Well, it comes from the love of God for a fallen people. That's where it comes from. Uh, For a people who know nothing of him, really, or have rejected him in days gone by, God's desire is that they come to him to find rest for their souls and salvation and freedom from all the garbage of life that presses them down. So our desire must be like that. And so that is what we must do. And when we think and anchor ourselves in what God showed to the prophet Isaiah way, way back centuries before, and he was talking to him about, tell Israel this is what I really desire for them, that wonderful, wholesome environment in which people can be welcomed into to relieve themselves of all the ravages of the sin of the world that has impacted their lives, that has pulled them down so that they can not only be set free, but be built up again, strong, receiving the wonderful grace of God. That's what this is all about. Now, I I know that, that for many, many people, the idea of sharing the gospel accurately, not just, uh, would you like to come to church? Nothing wrong with that. But that's not the gospel, is it? Maybe it's a way in. Maybe it's a start. But we must be willing to go beyond the periphery of it. Uh, the ease of uh, saying something that, that, that somehow will not cause an individual to react adversely against it. And then you feel under attack and bad for doing it. Because many people are afraid of sharing the gospel. So we have to own that if that's the case. If it's not, all well and good. But you know, sometimes uh, there are people that love to share the gospel, but it's not from that right place. It's from a place of, look at me, bravado. There's no place for that. There's no kindness in that. There's no love of God in that. But to come from a place where we are doing what Jesus said, and we are doing it not just because it's good and it's right, we are doing it because we have something and it's the Spirit of God himself. Because actually there isn't any one of us that is adequate enough to do this. We're not all afraid. I, I know we've got some really brave, courageous people here. They're, they're not afraid. It's not that. It's that in reality, we don't have what it takes. We need to know that. In fact, I would push it this far. There's a lot of things that I know I can do, and so I do them. 
there are things that God has given me to, he's gifted me to do them, I can do them. I'm not afraid. I, I do it, and I can do it well. But I discovered this a long, long time ago. And it's obvious, really, and we all know it. I can't save anybody. And, and in fact, even more than that, so the gospel is shared, the conversation is had, and maybe even a challenge is put out. Are you ready to come and follow Jesus? Are you ready to lay your own burden of, of sinfulness? Are you ready to lay it down? Are you ready to come and repent in his presence and receive his forgiveness? Are you ready for that? Those are good questions when the time's right. But I actually know that in that moment, I need to stop talking because I can't do it. Once I've declared the gospel by the power of God, you've got to leave it to God because in that place, we are totally without anything to say, to give, to do. And so we need to learn that lesson. It's God's doing, not ours, no formula, no pressing argument. It is simply the time to say nothing because God can do it all in a moment of time when we cannot do anything. And the sooner we realize that, I think it's the better for all of us. But one of the problems that, that many people have is a kind of nervousness in, in what should I say? Well, the answer's here. Now, this we know this has a specific outworking. Uh, it was a place when, uh, at some point in their journey, and later down the road, that uh, they were behauled before before the authorities, uh, and they were behauled to give account. But the principle of it is, when you go out to declare the gospel, there are wolves out there, but there are also people who are ready to hear. Now, whichever it is, we have to learn how to deal with that. And in a way, we're not totally adequate with it. You know, some of us are pretty good with words. You get into a situation and you can talk your way through it, out of it, whatever it is. You're not afraid. You, you, and maybe you can win an argument and all that kind of stuff. Forget that. That's of no value. We, we're all on a level ground with this. It's not whether we're clever. It's not whether we have the words. It's not whether we've got that, maybe for some people, a really winning personality. People like you. Well, that's a surprise, isn't it? But sometimes people do. It's none of that. The only thing that is required is the power of God. The only thing that is required is that the power of God through the words that are declared because they come from him. That is what is required. Now, this is not presumption. We need to be clear about that. Uh, for those people who they, they have not got a clue what the truth is, really. Uh, maybe they've come to Jesus and maybe they've understood salvation, but actually they don't really know the purposes of God. They've not grasped really that wider plan of salvation. Uh, they, they've not taken hold of the truth that sets you free. Uh, they, they have not understand the way the Christian should fully live. And there they are, right, I'm going to declare the gospel. Oh, God will give me what I need to say you might find you have nothing to say and you might find you look a fool. 
We have to do what we have to do. We have to seek God. We have to get into his word. We have to get hold of truth and let's make sure it is the truth. We have to take hold of that truth and let it impact us and change us in our lives so that we are living in the right way, that our life is a testimony. So that's just kind of baseline stuff, isn't it? Jesus was preparing his disciples for all of those things. So there's no presumption, but when you are in that place, so there you are, and you are proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. They talked about the kingdom. It's the same way uh, that we understand what the gospel is, because it is about Christ overcoming the works of evil and setting people free. It's the gospel of the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ. So we shouldn't trouble ourselves with, well, should I say this to that person, or what would be a good argument for this person? Because then you're starting to get, it's more about you and your ability. Well, you've got to lay that down. In fact, there is a bigger principle at hand here, and it's the principle of the Christian life of living in the moment. It's the principle of because Christ is within you and you have begun to walk the life full of the Holy Spirit, there you are doing your stuff and the opportunity comes along, whatever it is, you don't have to concern yourself. Why? Because if you are in that good place with God, he'll give you exactly what to say and when not to. When to say, I've said enough now. God will work here. It's the best way. It's God's way. And if we are to hold on to uh, what God is saying at this particular time, he's always said it really. He's nothing new about this. But because there is that sense of, of people who, we need this. This is the way that we must go. I, and are hungry and thirsty for the things of God and will not let anything else stand in the way, then we must take this. We must live from that place and we ask for God's infilling of the Holy Spirit to walk alongside us so that when the gospel is proclaimed, all we can do is what God's Spirit prompts us to do and to say, And in that, something remarkable happens because we've not got in the way. We've said, Lord, I submit to you in your ways. This is your business. I am so grateful that you have me here and you've included me in in what you will do. But there we leave it. He prompts us and we hear his voice. We speak what he would have us say and then see what happens. It doesn't always go well. But sometimes somebody will have an ear to hear and they will be willing to say, I got all this in my past, I did this, I got messed up here and and I thought this, but where's it getting me? But I see that Jesus, the Son of God, is the only and real way. And they grasp hold of that and they enter in through that narrow gate into the salvation of God. Now that's a good way to live, isn't it? And more and more, nothing to do with your personality type. You live in the moment. You read the story of Jesus in the Gospels. 
He lived in the moment. He knew exactly what to say, how to say it. You look at the way it was with different people. Well, you can only do that if you prepared the ground. You can only do that if you surrendered to him and you were walking that way, full of the Spirit. And when you need it, you don't need that in every situation. You've got your own thoughts and intelligence to do lots of stuff without any reference to anybody. But when you're doing these things of God that count, that's life-changing, that's what you do. You speak the words of life, and some people say, yeah, that's for me. And you watch what God does. You stand back and actually watch it. It's delightful. And our principle of the Christian life is the way we must live. Amen. Thank you for joining us. True Foundations is headed by David J. Jones, a preacher and teacher of the Word of God. His passion is to help individual Christians discover their true identity in Christ and to learn how grace operates in their lives. Currently residing in Canada, he is taught in both North America and the UK and has listeners all over the world. If you have questions about anything you've heard today, please email us at info at truefoundations.ca. Or for more information on True Foundations resources, please visit our website at truefoundations.ca.